Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to another episode of WA Expose, a podcast about local arts by local artists. I'm your host, Aria Scarlett, with the immense privilege of recording this podcast on Wajak Nungabuja. Today, we take a deep dive into the local government arts programming. And who better to join us than Lisa Estrano, event programmer of City of Joondalup. An artist in her own right as a seamstress for years, Lisa has seen the local art scene develop from many different angles and is bringing something unique to the city of Joondalup in 2023. The Joondalup Festival is a new arts and culture festival being held in the northern suburbs, being led by a brand new team. Previously, this festival has existed and had much success. However, now we are going from a single weekend to a three-week calendar event with programming held throughout the area of the city of Joondalup, spanning as north as Burns Beach and as south as Warwick, about 20 kilometres worth of arts and arts entertainment. Lisa, how are you? That is so much content. (laughs) Thank you so much. Uh, Yeah, it sure is um, a lot of programming um, and a lot of kilometres to try and activate. Um, So it's been, yeah. That's going to be, that's a juicy word, isn't it? To activate, (laughs) especially in the heat and in the summer and all of that good stuff too. Yes, yes. I think it's 37 today and we plan to do a site visit around Neil Hawkins Park. So we might (laughs) might need to push that one. (laughs) Umbrellas required. Yes. yes. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to try and start this off how we start all of our podcasts and we'll just see where that takes us because I have so many questions when it comes to producing, especially in local government. So for you, why producing? By production. Yeah. So I guess um, for me, I'm quite new to this space personally. Um, And even the word producing kind of scares me a little bit. Mm. Um, For me, I kind of see my role as a way of bringing artists in and Mm -hmm. obviously um, bringing arts to the community while encouraging artists to develop their own own works. I, I just find it such a privilege to be able to be in that space. And I think over COVID last year, um, when so many things were being pulled apart, um, mm. it was really rewarding, rewarding that we were able to um, program some local works yeah. um, throughout that space. Um, and particularly in a local government um, area, it's not that you're doing it for a profit. Um, and I think yes. that is a really special point of difference Um, and I think there's a lot of work that can be done in that area because of the fact that it's for the community and not necessarily for a profit for the city. Mm, Totally. Um, Maybe arts facilitator is like a nice juicy word we can can grasp onto. I'm definitely going to workshop that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Title in progress. Um, It's definitely like maybe facilitating because, again, like you've mentioned there, like what you're currently doing is – taking it away from like that sort of capitalist idea of being like we're only going to put on certain shows because we know we're guaranteed to get a good turnover. You can branch out into a lot more areas as a facilitator of the arts in local government. You can sort of try more things and get different people up on stage, which is always super exciting. Yeah, absolutely. 
What's your personal arts journey like? You've um, obviously you've been a seamstress, as I mentioned in the intro, but you have got arts, 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 arts written all over your CV. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your arts journey. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess from a young age, art was always my jam. Um, studied it in high school, um, went on to um, university. I went to ECU and um, at the time thought, oh, it's too competitive to go into the arts. So I started <laughs> doing a Bachelor of Communications um, with a minor in contemporary theatre. And halfway through, I realised, hey, I really love contemporary theatre and all these people <laughs> that I'm working with and meeting. Um, and I changed over and ended up with a Bachelor of Contemporary Arts, um, majoring in contemporary theatre. Nice. So, yeah, that was a really special time. Um, met a lot of really great friends that I'm still with today. Um, a lot of that covered the producing side of things and creating your work, mm. um, but also some of the office and the admin and the behind the scenes. I definitely felt that I fitted better behind the scenes. <laughs> I think you can tell by how nervous I am at this. <laughs> I can't tell by your looks though. Like yeah. you are an incredible seamstress. I think when we first met, I must have been at WA Showcase yeah. last year. Yes, last year. <laughs> I'm still saying the wrong years now. Um, and every single day you would rock up in an incredible look and it would just be like, oh my God. Yeah. Who is this person and how do I know them? So it's interesting that you found yourself behind the scenes more. Yeah. I mean, and I guess in a way, even with the fashion that came later, mm. um, it's me sitting behind a sewing machine um, and not so much not so much in the forefront. I found that, you know, acting wasn't going to be the path I was going to mm. go down. Um, and even originally I had gotten into contemporary fashion um, but I'd convinced myself that it was too competitive. <laughs> so I didn't Simil end up doing yeah, it. There's a similar yeah. pattern there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, sure enough, I think you always end up finding that you circle back to what you want to be doing mm. somewhere down the track. Yeah. Yeah. And you're finding that place now with the city of Joondala? Yeah, I definitely, this, this side of myself was something that I did want to do for a very long time. Um, straight out of uni, I mean, quite a few years ago. Um, <laughs> no, it, last week. Yeah, what do yeah. you mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was really hard to mm. try and get your foot in the door and, you know, you were doing so much volunteer work and, you know, internships and things like that. And um, during that time I was working in hospitality, mm. um, as many of us often do. Um, and I guess that part of me ended up flourishing and, you know, got into to managing the bars and restaurants and mm. things like that. And then sooner or later, you're finding that that's where your income is coming from. Um, and now to have this opportunity a bit later in life and with all that other experience behind me, I'm really, I'm really stoked that it's, that it's come back around. Yeah. With all of that other experience behind you, I really want to dive into some of that other experience. Um, you purchased a Zambrero franchise? I did. Tell me about that. That's kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I that was a really um, big, exciting thing. And we, we still have um, a store, uh, which my husband runs on his own at the moment without me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, a friend of ours actually had another franchise at the time and was looking at buying into Zambrero. Mm. 
Um, Different and, art form there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he kind of told us about it. And at the time, we were also thinking about opening our own business and maybe doing a bar on ah. the beach. Um, oh, so we amazing. always, yeah, we always kind of had that side of mm. things um, behind us. And we wanted to open up our own business. And the modeling of having a franchise seemed like this. I guess one of the safe, way, safe ways to do it. Yeah, you know, a very got good a, starting point. The marketing's yeah. already done for you. The marketing's <laughs> yeah. done. There's a legal team. The product's great. Mm. Um, but what really also landed it for us was their mission. Um, ah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, of ending world hunger and uh, the donations that come from the burritos as well. And um, I've been at some of the meal packing days where we send send off the meals. It's, mm. yeah, it's quite special. Sounds really special. Mm. Did it give you like a more of like a, I guess a quick course in like how to run your own stuff like straight off the bat, do you think? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Also quite uh, built my confidence a little bit in that Mm. area. Um, You know, you can say, well, actually I can do this. And if something that you don't agree with happens in, in a business, you can confidently speak up or yeah, managing people and... I was just thinking managing people because a lot of the time when you're in artistic pursuits, like for example, in your work with Sad Jane, your clothing line, you would be quite sole mm. like, and I'm responsible for myself and if I mess it up, then it's kind of just on me and I'm the only one who'll fail. Suddenly when you're in a position like you are now, you have people going, hi, if you mess it up, a lot of other people get kind of sad. <laughs> absolutely. So absolutely. running something like Zambrose might have been a good kickstart for like team management and stuff too. Yeah, definitely team management, um, customer service. You know, mm. you're talking, it's a very um, quick, uh, fast-paced customer yes. service role yep. too. So um, you're dealing with a lot of different people from different walks of life that all love burritos. <laughs> Just wonderful. <laughs> At least there's that yeah. common element there. <laughs> and how did you find that different to Sad Jane? Because like your clothing business is definitely something that I want to grip my tiny little claws mm. into. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Quite different in the sense that you, the, the front line um, and that you're actively dealing with people. Um, with the clothing business, my passion was more in the creating side of it, um, yeah. which is probably one of the things that um, I guess uh, was a challenge because so much of having a business like that is about the marketing and it's about the Unfortunately, social Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and the way I wanted to spend my time was chopping up fabrics. Mm. Um, I didn't want to be spending my time creating. I don't even think TikTok really was a big thing when I was doing (laughs) this. Um, But yeah, I don't want to be spending all my time on Instagram and Facebook. I want to be uh, creating. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's actually a really good point for just like arts in general now. You often find that you're doing less time on the thing that you want to be spending your time on and a lot more time doing admin almost and doing management around that to keep the small part alive. Um, but that shop went on for like eight years, which would have been an incredible experience. Did, was there a lot of like garments and projects that you were really proud of from that time that you want to tell us about? Oh, that's a really great question. Um, I think for me it was the overall journey mm. that was quite – was more special Um looking back on photos from when the store first opened and, you know, it was a few screen printed bags and Mm. things like that um, in a shop um, to what I was creating towards the end, especially with a lot of the um, 
a lot of the shirts, the button-up shirts I was making, um, a lot of vintage fabrics. Nice. And, uh, I think definitely towards the end I started to find my groove um, and then found something else to begin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally. So tell us a little bit about how you got this current opportunity and what you're hoping to do with it. Yeah. So throughout all of this time, I did keep my foot in the door in casual positions mm -hmm. um, in the events industry. I did work for the city uh, for a few years uh, just on a contract basis. I'd come in just on one day events um, and kind of got to know the team a yeah. bit more. They got to see the way I work. Um, and was I guess that in like coming in and like sprucing it up sort of on uh, the day of or what, yeah. what was your sort of position then? Yeah. So my role was often in it as an artist liaison role um, mm. or a stage manager role. Um, so I'd come in and the artists were already all booked uh, yeah. and I'd look after them essentially, make sure that they're in the right place at the right time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get lost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, I loved doing that yeah. and still love doing that and uh, an opportunity came up, um, which I was made aware of, and next thing you know, here I am. Uh, so this this current role that I'm in um, is actually a brand new role. Uh, the cultural services team have recently gone through a restructure, mm. um, and we're. It's a very kind <laughs> way of putting it. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think uh, I think a team restructure was the right the right modelling. Mm. It was done on to. To create more cohesion within the, the team mm. and um, rather than having people working on separate things, we're now working a bit more collectively um, and I've totally lost track of where I was going with that, <laughs> <laughs> which may happen a few times. No, that's so okay. Um, and now, now in the current role that you're in, um, what do you see like yourself um, doing in the local art scene? I see myself... I guess I want to be someone that can help encourage from the, the ground up. I mm. don't, I'm not the kind of person that, although I have, you know, I have strong artistic visions um, sometimes, <laughs> um, I also like to to work with the community and I mm. like to see who's doing like amazing things and build, build the relationships first, um, which... You know, I think a role like this and a particularly uh, in a new environment, so much of the time in the beginning is going to be meeting wonderful people such as yourself and shucks, you know, <laughs> you know getting to know who's doing yeah. what um, before well, and allowing that to also determine the way that you program too. Oh, interesting. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that because programming is such a a fine art really, like figuring out what's going to work, not just for your stages, but for your city, for your people as well. Mm. I guess oh, for, for us starting to learn, not just, not just the behaviours of the city, but um, being able to actually reach people. Um, ah. The previous, um, the previous format of the Junior Lot Festival that existed, um, well, it was, it was great. It was a three-day event in one space, mm -hmm. kind of like a royal show kind of experience. Mm. Everything was happening in that one space. Um, attendance was, was great. Um, but I feel that now what we're trying to achieve is a bit more diversity in the programming. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, include different types of audiences that don't always, um, 
feel that they're being represented. Mm, interesting. And um, what are some of the ways that you are including people? I've noticed one of the ways personally is that your ticket prices are incredibly low. For example, for some of these events, you've got a lot of like free content and stuff too, which people can engage with, with obviously straight away makes arts more accessible for people. Yeah, absolutely. So we are, in terms of um, making it accessible to people in financially, we always try to make sure it's accessible to everyone in every other way. Mm. Um, I think that um, moving forward, we will be doing a lot of, um, a lot of work on discovering what our programming looks like currently um, mm. and where it needs to, to go. So it's not even just, it's not just about, okay, I'm going to look for these different types of performers. I think it's going to start f- a bit more from the ground up and, you know, look at the current music in the park programs or the, we've got a Sunday serenade program, which mm. is quite um, successful. Um, and I can, conti- I hope to continue growing that, um, that was the project. That was my baby um, last year when I was in a different <laughs> role there um, and I had a really wonderful time doing it. Um, but, yeah, I think starting to look at all of the programs a bit more um, holistically and rather than just focusing on, okay, what are we programming next? Mm. Um, I think, yeah. Holistic programming is a really interesting and exciting way to look at that. And I have so many questions about programming and I know our audience is midway artists and established artists alike have a lot of questions about how they become considered as artists, but I want to get to that right after our break. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And we're back. I'm still joined by Lisa from the city of Joondalup. And before we went to break, I touched on the concept that we obviously have incredible uh, artists who listen to this program. I'm very lucky in our audience. Um, But the one thing that they'll be absolutely dying to know is how do artists get considered by for festivals or for programming from programmers such as yourself, from artist facilitators? I'm assuming that there are lots of different ways that programmers and different events um, run. You know, oh, for sure. some of them would have, um, you know, open access, mm. um, similar to Fringe or um, EOIs that you can fill out and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment, um, we run a bit more as a curatorial um, program, mm. um, which again, in the larger scheme of things, uh 
you may consider having a bit more of the other um, the other ways come through where people can um, apply through an EOI and um, have certain kind of allow for a few more emerging artists to come through that are mm. not necessarily already at at the stage where they're well yeah. known. It's a bit of a double-edged sword, isn't it? I mean, I personally run a lot, like even the shows like WA Expose, which is coming to June Dog Festival, um, throw that plug in now, <laughs> um, I 100% curate them, which I know is like a great way of making sure that I have the exact lineup of talent that I'm looking for on my lineup. The thing that you do lose in that though is that there's no way that I know every single mm. artist out there or every awesome performer out there. So you might lose out on things you don't know about. So there's definitely this like this toss up. You do have to do a lot more admin work if you <laughs> if you let out an EOI though. <laughs> yes, yes, that's uh, that is very true. Um, I mean, and I guess for for us, it's remember. You know, we're human and, and we're happy to, we're happy to, I'm always happy to receive emails from, from artists to let me know who they are and, um, you know, I'll, list, I'll find them on Instagram and listen to them on Spotify. Mm, um, unfortunately, back to that social media, which happens to still be important. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, on the flip side is just um, for me personally, I think, because I'm someone that um, wants to always say yes to to everyone and everything mm, all the time. Yes. Um, just, yeah, understand that uh, there's so much, there's so many wonderful artists out mm-hmm. there um, and sometimes it's just about, you know, who's already booked or what's what fits in um, what fits in with what's already being delivered. Totally. And also what, and we touched on it a little bit in the first half, but what works for the community you're selling it to. Mm. Um, And yes, there's like an extent that you can push the boundaries for your communities, but you have to do that like step by step. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I'm always super interested in how you go about like pushing uh, an audience's boundaries. Yeah, look, I I think that it's really important that audiences are challenged Mm. um, in – and that they're learning and they're having new experiences. I think, totally. um, you know, that's what artists, you know, many artists do, you know, and, and you look through history, it's about making people think. It's about pe- getting people to experience something that's maybe a little bit out of their comfort zone. Totally. Um, and ultimately, although you can, you can say, I'll oh, give the audience what they want, a lot of audience members don't know what they want until they've seen it. Totally, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Especially in these um, more external parts of Western Australia or at Perth, and I just mean geographically, like it's a lot, it's so much to be like, okay, we programmed this thing that's in the middle of the CBD and we love it and it's great, but it's a lot more effort for people who are more north or more south to go to events like that. And we want, again, like you said earlier, making arts accessible to people, you need to put on these incredible events where people already are, yes. <laughs> if, as if cost of fuel isn't enough for people <laughs> for a reason. But you're putting on the Joondalup Festival right at people's doorsteps for people who are north of the river to experience some incredible, like a very wide range of of arts and community events, also workshops and comedy and theatre. Like there's just so many different events going on right at people's doorsteps. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's really special that we're able to do that Um at- the one of the the key pieces that we're bringing over is the Aurora Spiegel tent, um, mm. and within that one tent, we're going to have twenty nine different shows. Wow! 
Um, over the space of the three weeks of the shows? Uh, over the space of the two weeks. Oh, uh, wow. We, oh we've got another week of uh, all different things happening wow. before that. Um, you know, we've got music, we've got comedy, we've got uh, theatre, stuff for programming for children, programming for adults, mm. which is children friendly. We've got programming for people that have um, interests in certain different topics and mm. um I'm really excited to, I'm looking forward to um, seeing how the audience engage with this. Um, again, it's quite quite a new experience mm. for them. Um, and yeah, I hope that um, that they do take the opportunity to go and see these, go and see the what's being presented um, for them. Yeah, completely. And when it comes to curating a festival program like this, were there specific boxes you were trying to tick in terms of different art forms or were you just like, let's see what's out there first? Like, how did you attack this? Because it's a mammoth program. Like you said, what is it? One Spiegel tent alone, 29 different shows. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's a bit of, bit of both. Um, part of it is research and seeing what's out there. And mm. um, as it's all coming together, you know, you want to make sure that you're you're giving a, a diverse range um, of different experiences to people, um, you know, and even we've um, programmed two, uh, two walks through the city with our curator to to have a look through our current art collection. Mm. Um, so, you know, you've got a bit of visual arts. We've got the the main piece of programming on one of the show-stopping pieces, I will say, <laughs> um, at the festival is Bulajarat Warden, mm. um, which is the Noongar translation for that is Many Lights Across the Sea. Um, Beautiful. This piece of programming is going to run for the three weeks, so it'll go from the 13th of March to the 2nd of April. Um, and is a water and light spectacular at Hillary's Boat Harbour. Wow. So you're going to see, yeah, interactive light displays. Um, you're going to see projections um, of the water spouting up and a re- lot of beautiful imagery. Um, and that's all free for people. That's really cool. Yeah. Wow. It's like this program that I've just been like gawking over um, for the past couple of weeks has just like really, really ticks all of the boxes. Um what do you think um, or what do you hope, I think more importantly, audiences can take away from an experience like Junilup Festival? The first thing I hope is that audiences really engage mm. um, and I hope that they engage with an open mind um, and I hope that the audiences are able to feel that they can, I, I hope that they, I hope that it generates a thirst for more mm. in the community. I hope that it generates conversation and that we're able to see just how important arts is to culture and community. Um, it, it's just so integral that we have these experiences um, so that we're able to connect as humans. Mm, completely. And this might be probably a bit of a silly question, but obviously you do not have to be within the city of Joondalup to come and attend any of the incredible events that are happening over this three-week period. Absolutely not. Come and visit us. We'd come love to see, see you. Yes, completely. Um, I have just been scrolling through this program. Um, let's just like list a few of the incredible things that people can come and see. So uh, you mentioned one of the incredible free events yourself. What else is happening that's free for people? 
Yeah. So the opening night, um, which is on Friday the 10th of March, um, is quite a special piece of programming. Um, that will be the only event that is on that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one's called Miokang Waronka Bakienyi, which means dancing and singing in the moonlight. Beautiful. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to that evening experience. Um, we're going to have um, a lot of Noongar dance groups from across the state join us um, and, yeah, sing and dance under the stars. There's going to be market stalls where you'll be able to buy some locally made goods um, from Indigenous business businesses, um, you know, arts, crafts, food, clothing. Um, I think it's going to be a really special one for us to all connect and enjoy. That sounds amazing. Um, I am looking at the community choir performance happening at the Aurora on the 22nd of March right now. Um, Community choirs are such a big passion of mine. How did you find the incredible group Origins? Yeah, so that one, um, the city historically has had a community choir, which is unfortunately was parked over COVID. Ah, of course. um, And has been regenerated. And that one has come through and has been looked after my wonderful colleague, um, Jessie. A huge amount of work. (laughs) Yeah, it would Um, would take a lot of work. But I think we're currently, I think we were, last I checked, we were close to maybe having 200 people register to be part of this. Wow, that's amazing. And that's Mm -hmm. another free event. There are so many free events at this incredible festival. Obviously, I'm going to chuck a plug in immediately for WA Expose. It is our first um, WA Expose of 2023. Uh, The lineup includes some incredible musicians such as Michael Kay. Um, We've got... MC'd by uh, Kimmy Head, which is, is just oh, phenomenal. Such great people are a part of this show. Um, we're closing out the space with Fiona Firebird, who is an incredible um, fire technician. Uh, there are some really, really good performances happening there as well. That's on the 23rd of March. You've got um, different dance workshops happening as well, which is really cool. Uh, you've got the Twelfth Night uh, by Shakespeare Outdoor Theatre Experience, which Again, amazing. Is there anything else that you'd like to give a little plug to? Uh, I mean, look, there's there's just so much. Um, we've also got PBI Collective coming Ooh, yes. um, and bringing Eaters um, to Whitford's Brewing um, Company. Um, we're partnering with Telethon Community Cinemas to do some film screenings oh, this idea, year yeah. as well. Um, and o- on the topic of um, partnering with different um organizations and venues throughout the city. Um, I just want to highlight that one of one of our key goals with Junior Lot Festival is that we are programming things in existing businesses and that mm. we are working with the existing community and it's not just, you know, it's not just being built and then it's going to disappear. That is so incredibly important. There's a lot of um, discussion about like arts coming in, being there for a short period of time and then just going away again. So whenever you can build arts around the existing infrastructure, that's really important, really good. I love that. Absolutely. And uh, um, another venue that we've partnered with for the first time this year is uh, St. Stephen's School. Hmm. They have a fantastic theatre. Unfortunately, the city doesn't have their own purpose-built facility yet, yet, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but we're working on it. Um, so St. Stephen's School is partnering with, with us to hold uh, three different shows there over three evenings wow. too. Wow, 
That's amazing. This festival is going to be absolutely incredible and you can check out the full lineup because there is no way that we could sit here and just list every single show and event and spectacular that is happening. You can check it all out on joondalupfestival.com.au. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me. This has been absolutely incredible and we'll make sure that people, if you're at Joondalup Festival and you see Lisa out, you'll absolutely know it's her because she'll be in a fantastic outfit. Uh, No pressure. (laughs) make sure that you say hi and reach out especially like local artists make sure that you just say hello that's the simple things that we can do to help improve the local art scene and as always everyone if you like this podcast you can like us across social media rate and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app or send us a question to waexposepod at gmail.com and we'll ask our next incredible guest thank you lisa for joining me WA Exposé is an independent production. Our artwork was created by Georgia Sassenfeld and our theme music is Corrosive by Aria Scarlett and M. Burrows. You can find out more about the podcast or live shows at ariascarlett.com forward slash WA Exposé. It's all right. You're allowed to take your time and think it's not live. It's okay. (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.